John's Gospel, a well-known chapter. John's Gospel, chapter 14. Chapter 14, please. Beginning to read at verse 1. The Lord Jesus is the speaker. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. We know the Lord will bless that reading of his own divine inspired word in public this evening. But let's just buy in a word of prayer and ask his blessing on all that will be said. Eternal Father, again we ask you to move by your spirit upon this man of frailty and clay lips. We ask you, Father, this evening that you would use me as a vessel, Lord, to bring your word to hearts and to lives and to minds, Father, that Maybe someone here has never come to saving faith in your son, the Lord Jesus, that tonight would be the night where they would surrender themselves and bow the knee and claim Christ as their own. And Father, we pray that your spirit would move now from seat to seat and from heart to heart. And even if there's one here, Lord, who is away from you, cold and indifferent, that your spirit, he would strangely warm the heart that only the way your spirit can, and that he would move, Lord, upon that heart, and, Lord, that they would call upon the name of the Lord and repent of their waywardness. And, Lord, may they come back to saving faith and knowledge in Christ and follow and serve him. So tonight, Lord, we thank you for the groups and the singers that our our assembly is so blessed with. We thank you for the musicians that we are blessed with. And now, Father, we ask you, Lord, to bless thy word unto our hearts and glorify thy name. We ask it for Jesus' sake and his glory alone. Amen. Amen. The Lord Jesus is speaking to his own disciples. Now, that's important to mark out right at the very beginning. He's not speaking to an unsaved crowd. He's speaking to his own disciples disciples here if he was speaking to an unsaved crowd he could not tell them that they could have or would have peace but rather he's speaking to his disciples to say keep faith in me in other words keep your eyes keep your heart upon me and fixed on me and you will have peace in this world throughout this world you'll have trouble trial tribulation And throughout this world, you'll have all manner of things that will come to you. Your mind will have no peace. Your heart may have no peace. Can I ask you tonight, I think Billy it was mentioned it earlier. And maybe even the pastor mentioned it too. 
Is your mind and heart not at peace? Not at peace. There's a difference at making your peace with God and having the peace of God. And making your peace with God, so to speak, is when a man and a woman get saved and they are reconciled to God and they're brought into fellowship and union again through the Lord Jesus Christ. They're at one with him again. You make your peace with God. But the peace of God can only be given to those who have made their peace with God and they have been saved. We can't expect the unsaved, those who do not know Christ, to have the peace of God when they don't know him. When they've never come to saving knowledge nor faith in him. But tonight if you're the person that's come, you've no peace, you've no rest, and you know that you're not right with God. Tonight, by giving your life to Christ, by surrendering your heart to him, by yielding yourself over, and then repentance, realizing I'm a sinner in need of a savior, and Christ is the only savior, and calling upon his name for forgiveness. You'll be saved tonight. You'll be forgiven tonight. And I can say that not on the authority of my intellect or word, but on the authority of the word of God. And hence, the sinner tonight can have the peace with God, their peace with God. And then from there, they learn the peace of God, where Christ is near to you in your trial and in your trouble. Doesn't mean you don't have hurts and heartaches and and you don't have things that go wrong in your life. But rather, you know, when you come to a place in those times of understanding that God is with you, Christ is near you, and he is carrying you at your very weakest moments through it all. And that is the peace of God. But now, you see, you can't have that peace of God. It's called the peace that passeth all understanding. The peace that passeth all understanding. And the Lord Jesus mentions it right from the beginning. A perfect peace. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. There is a perfect peace. And a perfect peace comes when a man and a woman are saved by grace and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. What troubles did you bring tonight? Or even what troubles have you left at home tonight? What way is your heart before God tonight? And are you at a place where you find no rest because you know you're not right with God? Or even you find no rest and you realize now that you're not right with God where you didn't before. A perfect peace can be had for you tonight. And it's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me, the Lord Jesus said. Now we aren't going to move away from this point just for a few seconds. Jesus is saying, believe in God. And people say all over our country, oh, I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe there's a God. Listen, the devil believes in God. The devil believes in God and they tremble at his name. The devil believes there's a God and Evil spirits believe there's a God. They know there's a God. In fact, they know more than you and I would know sometimes before our conversion. So to say I believe in God, it isn't really uh, something that you can rest on and lean into and trust on. You must know God. And the only way you can know him 
is what the Lord Jesus Christ has said in John 14 and verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For the only way we can know the Father is that which the Son reveals him to us. Either that's a massive wasp. <laughs> or it's a small plane. <laughs> I, hope, I hope the latter. <laughs> Let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe? Do you believe in God? It's not enough tonight. You must know God in Christ. You must know him. And the only way we can know salvation is in the person of the Lord Jesus and saying it's Christ for me. I believe he's the saviour. So let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus is laying out not only his sacrificial atonement here. He's not only saying I am the saviour. I am the way to God. He's saying I am God. I am God. And hence we can only know God in the Lord Jesus. So the question is to everyone this evening, do you know him? Do you know him? Do you have the peace that only God can bring you? And here's the thing. Some people say, well, there's many roads to heaven, get up that mountain, and there's many religions that we can all follow and end up in a destination to what people think or believe is God. The Bible expressly tells us something different. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and in verse 4, it's what we have known as the Shema. And the Shema is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Or, Hear, O Israel, Jehovah our Elohim is one Jehovah. And that is the Shema. One God. There's not many gods. There's one God. Just one. And he's revealed throughout the scriptures in many theophany and form, but he's revealed the greatest in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Through the preaching of his word, by the drawing, the quickening and regeneration of his Holy Spirit. Notice this, if you will, this evening. There's one God and one mediator between God. First Timothy 2 and 5, there's one God and one meteor between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. I want to say it again. There's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. So listen, your relatives aren't up in heaven if they're saved and praying for you. The saints aren't in some place of heaven praying for you. Mary is not in heaven praying for you. There's none other in heaven praying for you, interceding for you. There's none. There's one. There's one. There's one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. So Jesus is your way to heaven. There's one God and Jesus is your way to the Father. Listen, in the book of Ephesians, 
chapter 4 and verse 5, and my memory serves me right, into verse 6. There's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And then it says there's one Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. And so Paul is saying there's one God, there's one faith. There's not many. According to God's word, there's one faith. There's many religions, but there's one faith, one God, one way to God, one Savior. How do you know there's one Savior? Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. The apostle Peter writes, or pardon me, preaches on the day of Pentecost. He says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So there's one God and there's one Lord, there's one Savior, there's one way. It's not many. And you're being brought up that road tonight. You're being brought up that way tonight. And in our reading, John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way. He didn't say I am a way. He didn't say I'm one of a few ways. Or one of many ways or of multiple ways. No, he said I am the way, the definite article in his word. The definite article is the. The way. One Savior, one sacrifice. And how do you know there's one sacrifice? Well, book of Hebrews chapter 10. Can't remember the verse. That's a big verse. Number five. I'll think about it and give you it later. But he says, book of Hebrews chapter 10, it says uh, there is, maybe it's verse 12, I think, of Han. It says there is one sacrifice. One sacrifice. And that was of Christ himself. And it's one sacrifice for sins forever. Oh, did I get it right? All right. right. But this man, the Lord Jesus, notice, fully human. This man, fully God. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. If he's not God, why believe in him? If he's not the sacrifice, why believe in him? If he's not the sin bearer, why believe in him? If he doesn't carry, take away the punishment and the penalty of all of our sins on the cross, then why believe in him? And I'll tell you why, because in this verse, in Hebrews 10 and verse 12, it says, But this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, there's nothing else can cleanse you of your sin. There's nothing else can pay your debt. There's nothing else you can give, you can add, you can do. Only by the Lord Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. And hence we have one sacrifice, one God, one mediator, one Savior, one Lord, one baptism. There's one Spirit, there's one Father who is in your soul, above and through and in us all. Acts 20, Acts 27, of, no, Acts 17 and verse 27, I think it is 28. Paul says, and he's speaking to a crowd of men and women who were worshipping all sorts of so-called gods. And he stirred in his heart. 
And Paul being stirred in the spirit, he's, he's agitated seeing the idolatry. And these poor souls that are lost forever, going to go to a devil's hell. And he's stirred. That's why the preacher should be stirred about these things. I'm stirred for your soul tonight. And Paul says, in him ye live and move and have our being. In him. In other words, you don't have breath tonight. You won't have a breath tonight. You wouldn't have a breath tonight. Your lungs wouldn't breathe tonight. Your heart wouldn't beat tonight. If it wasn't for the grace of God to give you this time tonight, up to this moment tonight, for we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or even in the next moment our heartbeat that can be taken away from us just like that. And Paul says, or says to the people, says even one of your own poets have said this and understand that in him, in him we live and move and have our being. That God has given you breath tonight and strength tonight and health tonight. And God has brought you here tonight to hear tonight that you might be saved tonight by his grace. There's one God. There's one Savior. There's one way. There's one sacrifice. Listen, there's only one cross work. Notice here, the Lord Jesus says, the perfect peace is, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. If you want to go to heaven, if you want to enter the kingdom, if you want to be there, you must come by the way of the cross. You must come by the way of the blood. I heard just over the last lot of days of someone and they actually got saved at the mission. And they went to a certain denomination church that told them that they could receive the baptism and infilling of the Holy Spirit and this person wasn't even saved. They'd never come to the saving knowledge in the Lord Jesus. They just believed there was a God. If there's no cross, there's no Pentecost. If there's no cleansing, there's no infilling. The Lord Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He then goes on from the perfect peace that can be had and he says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Here's a prepared place. Here's a prepared place. My father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. The Lord Jesus Christ has preparing a place for those who will trust in him tonight. And heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people.
Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Like in Amos chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, Prepare to meet thy God. Prepare to meet thy God in Amos 4 and 12. Are you prepared to meet the Lord? Are you prepared should the Lord come that you'd meet him? Are you prepared to meet him as your Savior and your Lord? John the Baptist comes, the forerunner of Christ, prophesied by the, the prophet Isaiah. And he comes onto the scenes before the coming of Christ. Jesus is shortly behind him as he comes for baptism from John in the River Jordan. But John the Baptist is the forerunner. And this is what he preaches throughout Judea. This is what he says to the people of Judea. A religious people still not saved. And this is what he says. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. He was an herald. He was a preacher. And he was telling the people, be prepared for the Savior is coming. Be prepared for the King of the kingdom will appear. Be prepared for the Lord is on his way. For the Lord is at hand. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. If a, if a king of royalty was visiting somewhere, what they did was if there were, if there were potholes and bumps in the road, they would level them out to make the plain road for them coming in. They would fill up the holes and Maybe get them working for the DOA here, but how wouldn't it sometimes? That's what they've done. They made the road flat and straight and easy access for the Lord or this time the king that was coming. And John the Baptist is saying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight his path. He's saying, Jesus is coming. The king is coming. The king of kings. The king of Israel. The king of glory. He's coming. He says prepare your hearts to receive him. Now in the face of the coming again of the Lord Jesus Christ. One must ask you. Is your heart prepared? Are you prepared? To meet the Lord. Now this is a serious, serious issue. Because when you see him next unprepared, you'll be lost for all eternity. Straight up and down. You will be lost. Forever. Is your heart prepared? Have you made straight his path? And so we have if you want a prepared place, I go to prepare a place for you. Do you want to be in the prepared place which is called heaven? I must move on. Verse 3, he says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. People talk about, yeah, we'll go and we'll see Jesus, and where he is we will be, and they live like devils, and they have never known him as saviour. I don't mean that 
family passed away without knowing Christ. But I can tell you now, make sure that's not you. Make sure tonight that's not you. That you would leave this scene of time. Whenever that day and that date and that hour arise, but you would leave this scene of time ready, prepared, knowing Christ and trusting in him. And so in verses verse 2 and 3, we have a prepared place. Listen to verse 4. The Lord Jesus says, And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. The Lord Jesus actually says, I'm going, and you know where I'm going. (laughs) Sure you know about heaven, don't you? You've heard about heaven, haven't you? Well, sure, do you know the way? And I'll tell you, people think, well, you know, sure we all will know the way. No, because the way is Christ himself. And he says, whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. So here it is, a particular path. This is a particular path. We looked at it a little earlier. The definite article. And three times he says it in verse four, five, and 6. And whether I go, you know, on the way, you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. And how can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Three times he says, the way, the way, and the way it says. Do you know the way? Do you know the way? Do you know the way to heaven? Because the way is not a bumpy road, nor even a smoothed out literal road. The way is a person. Unless you come through him, you can never go there. Unless you come through him, you can never go there. Lamentations, chapter 1 and verse 12. And Jeremiah the prophet, known as the weeping prophet, he's overlooking the city of Jerusalem, and they've been warned that judgment is coming, and they wouldn't turn away from their sin, and hence God allows the enemy to come in, and they start taking away the people of Jerusalem after warning of their prophets. And Jeremiah is lamenting and weeping over the city, and it's prophetic of the Lord Jesus Christ, for he's the one who wept over Jerusalem. Remember, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets and killest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen doth gather her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and it happened again. But in earlier times, Lamentations 1 and 12, the prophet in prophetic ways or is speaking of this. Watching the people crying over the city. They should have listened and they didn't. They should have been ready and they weren't. They should have trusted the Lord and they didn't. And this is what he says. You ready? Is it nothing to you? Listen. Is it nothing to you, all ye that pass by? Behold and see if there be any sorrow like unto my sorrow which is done unto me, wherewith the Lord hath afflicted me in the day of his fierce anger. 
You see the term, is it nothing to you all you that pass by the way? That was on the road getting into Jerusalem. That's where they brought the lambs in for the slaughter for Passover. They were going by the way and they could, and Jeremiah looking over here says, all this slaughter that's going on, like sheep to the slaughter. And yet the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, he is the way. And he could say to you tonight, and I'm going to close this in two minutes. And he could say to you tonight, he could say to the one who's just walking on by, are you going to walk on past the Savior tonight? Are you going to walk on by and forget him tonight? Will you just walk on by and make your way home tonight and just forget all that you heard? The Lord Jesus Christ could ask you, is it nothing to you? Is it nothing to you? My one-time sacrifice, the giving of my life, the shedding of my blood, the pain and the shame, the sorrow, the horror that you should have had, the suffering and the agony, I took it for you. Is it nothing to you, all ye who pass by? Will you pass by tonight and say, it's nothing to me? He says, behold and see. Look at me for a moment. Behold and see if there be any sorrow. Like unto my sorrow which is done unto me. Wherewith the Lord hath afflicted me. In the day of his fierce anger. And the father afflicted the son as it were. In the day of his fierce anger. As Billy had sang. Eloi. Eloi lama sabachthani. Which being interpreted as my God. My God. Why hast thou forsaken me? Why, Father, have you forsaken me? The holy, sinless, harmless, spotless, impeccable Son of God. And the Father forsook him that you might be brought in. Isaiah says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. Our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with the stripes we are healed. Verse 6 of Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him. Jehovah hath laid on him. The Father on his Son. The iniquity of us all. Is it nothing to you, all you that pass by? Behold and see if there be any sorrow like unto my sorrow which is done unto me wherewith the Lord hath afflicted me in the day of his fierce anger. Is it nothing to you tonight if you're not saved? Are you going to pass him by again? Are you going to walk on past him? Are you going to go home without getting right with God? Are you going to say another time, another meeting, another moment which none of us are promised of? Or will you come and say, it matters to me. It matters to me that Jesus gave his life for me. It matters to me and I want to be ready and prepared whether I should be called or he should come, I want to be ready for the kingdom of God. I want to be ready to enter into heaven. I want to be born of the Spirit and washed in the blood.
It matters to me. Or will you say, it doesn't matter to me. Imagine saying it doesn't matter, Jesus. I don't, you don't matter to me. Father, what your son done, it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't matter. Oh, friend, you see, the father done this and there's nothing else will be accepted that you may come into his heaven. He'll, he'll accept nothing else. And outside of this, one God, one way, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all, as Paul said. One name to be saved by, one Savior, one sacrifice forever. Now I sat at the right hand of God, it says, in Ephesians 5 and 6. So here's the thing, friend. Now look at me. Look at me. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you saved? Are you ready? For in him you live and move and have your being. In other words, you live, you breathe, your heart beats because he allows it to. But what if he takes the breath from your nostrils? Eternity where? Where will you spend eternity? Jesus says that where I am there ye may be also. You know what he said to the Jews? That he was going to go away, he says, and whither I go, you cannot come. He said that to him because they were unbelieving and in their sin. Imagine him saying to someone tonight, no, you can't come. Horrible, isn't it? We all think we just do. We'll accept Jesus when we're ready, when we want to. And Jesus says, is that right? Well, you can't come. Hence he said it to the Jews. You can't come. For whither I come, there you cannot come. Because they didn't believe in him. Church isn't enough. Saying you believe in God isn't enough. You must come. This might be the last night you get a chance. An opportunity. So is it something to you or nothing? Will you bow with me in a word of prayer? Let's, let's remain reverent in this presence. For the Spirit of God is here. And I want to reverence his presence. you're not saved tonight if you're not saved and not ready for the kingdom tonight and you realize you need to be saved you want to get saved you want to be ready for heaven and you know you're not no one's looking but myself I'm the Lord and I'm only looking to see the hand that will be upraised that I can know that you're indicating that you want to get right with God if you're not saved tonight, you're not ready and you're not right and you're not prepared and it means something to you that Jesus died for you. You say, I need saved. I'm not ready. I want to get saved. I need to be right. Well, if there's one tonight in this place why no one else is watching but myself, quickly and quietly, just lift up your hand. About, take it down and I'll see it and we'll pray for you. If there's one here tonight, let us see your hand then.
Where are you? Don't sit in that hand. The reason the hand won't save you, the word of God entering the heart well, that's just an indication that we will pray for you. I'm not going to hold this off long. Where are you? Lift your hand up quickly and put it down again. We'll say it. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to pinpoint you out. Just that we can pray for you later on and point you to the Savior. Make sure you're fit for the kingdom. Is there someone here? Quickly and quietly, lift up your hand and take it down again. I'll say it and I'll pray for you. We'll bring you into private and we'll point you to Christ and we'll pray with you and pray over you. Before we close, is there one? Let's say it. You know you're not right. Where are you? What if you're not given an hour chance? You're walking by and saying, is it nothing to you all you to pass by? To walk by tonight is like saying, I don't, I don't really think it means much to me, Jesus. Let me see your hand before we close this meeting. We'll see it and pray for you. Lift it up. Where are you? Is there a backslider and you're saying, I need to come back to the Lord. I need to get right. Where are you? Let me see you. When you're here somewhere, where are you? I don't, might not know you, but the Lord knows you. The Lord knows you. Where are you? Each night of the mission, we had people who didn't come at this part, and they came. In fact, there's some, there's some here tonight received at the mission, and actually came out later on for the Lord. One came hours later, and phoned me on Friday night, late, in the, late at night. One, one got and touched me the next day. Don't pass by the Lord tonight. Last chance, where are you? Father, we thank you for the people here tonight. We know that your spirit is speaking. And Lord, that you will continue to convict and move upon every heart and every life. Give them deciding grace, Lord, and we pray that you'd move in every life. Thank you, Father, for your son. We pray you bless thy word unto our hearts and glorify your name. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. Now if you're here and that was you and you say, you know what, I, I just I was embarrassed to lift my hand and I didn't want to, uh, but I know I'm not right. You can see me when everybody's away for a cup of tea. You can see me about getting yourself right with the Lord and getting saved. And you come and see me, see Pastor Glenn here. Our elder Andrew's over here. Our head digger Jeff is here. See somebody and say, look, I'm not right. Will you pray with me? And we'll point you to the Savior. See us afterwards in private.